Welcome to The Struggle is Real, a podcast by Family Bridges for modern parenting. Check out this week's episode. Are you pouring the soup in the bowl? Yeah. Have you spilled it on anyone? No. Then yeah, you're doing it right. Then how come nobody's saying thank you? Come sit next to me. Almost done. You never want to hang out with me. We hang out all the time. My name's Nanny Fanny. I've got something to say. So bring your eyes up here and put your toys away. Your poor mother here isn't running a prison. She just wants respect and she'd like you to listen. The Struggle is Real podcast starts in 3, 2, 1. All right, well, I can't wait to hear what that's all about. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of The Struggle is Real. I'm Veronica Avila, along with my partners in parenting struggles, Omar Ramos and Dr. Alicia Lagosa. How are you guys? Hello, hello, hello. Very good. How about you, ladies? Dr. Alicia, welcome once again. Yeah, doing well. Ready to rock and roll? Another topic today? More than ready and excited. (laughs) Well, we've got a lovely, lovey-dovey topic, or something like that. Today, we've called it Speaking Their Love Language, and it's based on Gary Chapman's five love languages for children. Have you ever heard of it? Of course I have. I've read the book, actually, so I'm excited about this one, tackling this one for sure. Now, joining us for today's discussion is Bill Farrell, Community Relations and Development Director for GRIP, Outreach for Youth, a ministry helping Chicago urban youth to thrive. Bill has served as a campus minister, a church pastor, a marriage and family counselor, and was on staff with Family Bridges. Bill has a passion to help marriages and families thrive. That's amazing. Married to Leslie for 34 years. They have two adult children and four adorable granddaughters. He also enjoys spending time with his family, biking, running, swimming, skiing, reading, and if that wasn't enough, also watching movies. So, Bill, <laughs> thank you so much for making a little bit of time to hang out with us today. Oh, my pleasure. This is one of my one of the things that I like doing. Yeah. <laughs> Good and stuff. You forgot to mention hiking. He also likes hiking. I've seen your pictures in Arizona. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, really yeah. Really cool. Yeah. Love the hike. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, well, let's begin with defining the five love languages, shall we? These, uh, you can find them on fivelovelanguages.com. And let's start with the first one, words of affirmation. What does this mean? The way you express your love through words of affirmation, using words to build up the other person. So something like, thanks for taking out the garbage, mm-hmm. and not, it's about time you took out the garbage. The flies were going to carry it out for you. <laughs> see, there's the, you see the difference? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of yeah. course. Now, number two, gifts. A gift that says... He was thinking about me. Look what he got for me. In other words, like a very thoughtful gift. Yes. Acts of service. Doing something for your spouse that you know they would like. Cooking a meal, washing dishes, vacuuming floors are all acts of service. I think all spouses have that. All women would like their spouses to do that. Acts of service? <laughs> oh, yeah, you like for I, them yeah. to help you do that? I, yeah, I think so. Why not? For sure. Um, quality time, by which I mean giving your spouse or your significant other your undivided attention, taking a walk together or sitting on the couch with the TV off and talking about, you know, everything that happens in life and listening to each other for once. Yes. Mm-hmm. And physical touch, of course, holding hands, hugging, kissing, sexual intercourse, and all of these are expressions of love. Now, according to Dr. Chapman, out of these five, each of us, each person has a primary love language which speaks more deeply to you than all the others. And then they say there's also a secondary one. 
Discovering each other's love language and speaking it regularly is the best way to keep love alive in a marriage. And it also helps helps parents discover their kids' love language to love them in a way that speaks to them. Very interesting. Now, we have the icebreaker coming up next. So we're going to go ahead and ask each and every one of you, what is your love language? How do you guys carry on on that one? Oh, uh, sure. I, you know, for me, it is uh, it's words of affirmation. So the more you can tell me you love me, you think I'm wonderful, <laughs> fantastic, <laughs> you know, just shy of worshiping me, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> okay so. Do you have a secondary one? Touch. Okay, Touch. Yeah, cool. Yeah, definitely. For me, it's definitely acts of service. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I just love it when my husband or my family or my kids mm-hmm. or even at work when people mm-hmm. follow through. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny because I think I carry a little bit of each one in me, but I, I think the, the strongest one of that would like fit my personality, I think, would be gifts. For some reason, I think I'm a very detail-oriented person, and I'm always trying to make people smile with like little gifts here and there. And I think that, that's always been something that characterizes me as Omar, as, as me, because I, I always come up with like these ideas, whether it be my mom or the significant other or with my daughter. I'm always about gifting stuff to like make people feel better, so... That would be mine. Nice. The predominant one. And obviously, that's probably what you like. That's how you like people to express love to you as well, giving you gifts. Yeah, break yourself. <laughs> Give me some stuff. <laughs> okay. Hook it up. Okay. Um, for me, it's two, I think. And they've changed through time. I don't, that's prob- mm. I don't know if that's normal. Probably, right? Yeah. Um, words of affirmation, for sure, number one. And then the second one now, I think, at this time in my life, quality time. Mm. Let's see, and let's see if we can learn what our kids' love language is, because we may be speaking to them our love language, which is not necessarily their love language, right? Mm -hmm. So we're going to go ahead and go into our first sketch that we have. This is called Soups Up. Here you go. Here you go. Here you go. Harvey. Harvey. Uh Uh-huh. Am I doing this right? Are you pouring the soup in the bowl? Yeah. Have you spilled it on anyone? No. Then yeah, you're doing it right. Then how come nobody's saying thank you? Um, I, I don't know. Maybe it's because they're not thankful at all. Maybe they don't even like soup. They just don't have another choice. Did you ever think of that? Here you go. I don't think it's that complicated. What if it is? What if instead of overcoming poverty, we're just enabling it? These people don't want to be given soup. They just want to make their own soup. Here you go. I mean, if we're really doing such a good thing, then we get a smile or a head nod, something. Would you be smiling if you were eating here? It's a tough life for most people, Constance. They're grateful we're here even if they don't show it. Oh. But if it means that much to you, I think you're doing a great job. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Here you go. Thanks. You're doing a great job. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Harvey, Harvey, did you hear that? I'm doing a great job, and he really appreciates it. I heard. It's very nice. Here you go. And here you go. Okay, so we're back, and uh, wow, that was cute. Yeah, wow. Mm-hmm. Can we get an aww? aww. aww. For sure. So Loved it. So we just heard siblings uh, Harvey and uh, Constance volunteering at a community soup kitchen. Even though they're doing a good deed, Constance feels like she is not doing enough. Her brother, knowing her love language, words of affirmation, reaffirms that she indeed is going to do a very good job and that she's doing a good job. Now, it doesn't come through as he wanted until a homeless person thanks her. Then she genuinely feels that her work is good enough and appreciated. Now, Dr. Alicia, how important is it that we understand each other's love language, especially that of 
of our kids and children. I think it just makes things so much smoother with your kids. Because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm thinking about my own kids and how different their love languages are. Yes. Everything's important. I can speak words of affirmation to my son and say, good job. And I really appreciate it. And all of us need that. It mm-hmm. gives us value. But my daughter lights up and that's really motivating for her. Whereas my son, that's nice. Thank you. He moves on. He's mm-hmm. a, he's very task minded. He's very like me. Uh-huh. Um, he's building a ship all the time. You know, he's always daydreaming and building things and projects. So for him, it's doing stuff together, you know. But for my daughter, she just wants to cuddle and time and that physical attention. Mm-hmm. Are Those are their two. So if I would like for her to clean up her room, you know, just telling her things is not mm-hmm. enough. But if I just cuddle with her and spend some time with her and play with her and really I'm present with her just takes me a minute and I'll say okay now I want you to go clean your room right away she's obedient she follows through because mm-hmm. then I've met that need versus yes. if I just do something else and so oh yeah of course we all love gifts and we all love these things but I noticed that in order to activate that motivation in her being able to speak to draw on her love language mm-hmm. it makes a difference as well as with my son yes now I also noticed that Constance didn't really take on her brother's words until one of the people that she was serving thanked her and then that meant a lot to her so Bill not only were uh, the words of affirmation important to her but also the fact that they were genuinely expressed by the person that she was serving how important or how does that make a difference especially with the kids makes a ton of difference because uh, if it's coming from a place of obligation Mm -hmm. they can pick that up in a second but the fact that this man said this in this in the scenario and it was real she really lit up and I think that that's very valuable as we interact with our own kids, when I interact with my children, I've got to work at being, I'm not saying work at being authentic, but it's got to be authentic, yes. you know? And part of that is learning your kids and learning what their love language is and speaking into that from a real place, not from a, uh, a made up place, yeah. definitely. They'll pick it up. They'll yeah, pick they'll pick it up. They'll pick it up. Right yeah, so just smart. like you, just like you would pick it up. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, Dr. Alicia, kids and people in general will usually feel or pick up when something is expressed in, in the most uh, genuine form. What difference does this have on our kids? Well, you mean like when we're fake? Yeah. Oh well. <laughs> I, I wanted to avoid the fake words, but yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> let's not let's not be fake people. Let's no not. Fake, no. <laughs> They'll pick it up, right? Well, I just think that our generation of our kids are so smart. You know, they pick stuff up and they're just they call us on it. They yes. don't call you on mm. it. They just know it for themselves, and they're not gonna. You know, that information is gonna bounce off. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just know so many kids that that call it for what it is. If you're trying to use it as a way to be manipulative and get your kids, you know, like a little token at the end of the journey, they're going to pick that up and they're going to quickly see, okay, this is not real. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, while speaking into our kids' love language in order to motivate them is important, we also have to be careful that we're not using that as, like, again, as a token economy system with yes. them. Yes, um, yes, yes. Because they're going to pick that up and then that's also not not very natural. It's not good parenting parents. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because at the end then or they'll know how to get what they want, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of weird. It's kind of weird. Just just keeping it real. Yeah. Keeping it real. Let's keep it real. Would, would just uh, to interject, wouldn't you say we all get that when somebody's inauthentic? Oh yeah. But it's just kids are we can be more polite and nice and listen and go, "Okay, I don't buy that, but sure." where kids are going to actually be honest with what they're experiencing from you. Yeah, they don't have layers, right? We have all these layers because of experiences and baggage, and we just 
dress things up and they just are Whoa. out there. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that. We were, I mean, you know what? Haven't you ever had a point where you're like, man, why, why can't we go back to childhood mm-hmm. when everybody, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Because life is obviously the experiences and everything will give you these layers and then you're like, okay. But with your kids, this is the opportunity or, as a parent now. Uh-huh. Or the other thought is you don't want to be put in a position where the kids feel like they have to do things in order to have love from you. You know, yeah. you don't want to yeah. be like, well, I guess I have to do my chores in order for my parents to give me a hug and tell me they, they love me, oh, right? Oh, my goodness. No, no, no. Right, yeah. <sighs> okay. Now, now we're, we're all reflecting. Oh, my okay. goodness. What am I doing now? What am I doing now? <laughs> wow. Okay, well, with that thought, why don't we go into our second sketch? This is called The Same Language. What are you doing? What? I asked you, what are you doing? I'm trying to wash the dishes. Is that okay? I miss you. Come sit next to me. Almost done. You never want to hang out with me. We hang out all the time. We just ate a lovely dinner, which you cooked, and I'm trying to repay the favor by cleaning the kitchen. I don't care about that. I'll do them tomorrow. You always say that, but you never get around to it. Just just let me finish, and it'll be done. I don't want to yell across the house with the kids asleep. Will you just come sit next to me? <sighs> of course. Foot massage? No, my feet stink. I don't mind. I do. Don't touch them. Okay. Um, what's up? Nothing. What do you want to talk about? I just want to sit. Is that okay? Yeah. For how long? I don't know, but every time you pester me, we have to start over again. I'll just go finish the dishes. I don't want to pester you. That's not what I said. Why can't you ever do anything with me? I never see you. You've seen me all night long, and honestly, I'm not going to want to do anything with you if you nag me all day. Okay. I didn't mean it like that. Okay. I just mean, I I work hard every day to support our family. I try to be nice, to do the dishes, I offer to rub your feet, and you get upset? I mean, I, I don't know what else I can do. I hardly ever see you. Your children hardly ever see you. I just wanted you to sit still in one place with me. Apparently, that's too difficult. You just want to give me a hard time. I don't know why. Maybe you're bored. Maybe you're with the kids all day long. You don't have a job. You don't exercise. That is not my fault. Whoa. Okay. I take it back. I don't want to spend time with you. Just do the dishes if you want to do. I want to do it to be nice. Well, thanks for being so nice all the time. I'm going to bed. Beth. Beth! If you wake up Eli, you're putting him back to bed. (sighs) Great. Okay, so we're back, and that obviously didn't go very well at the Mm. end. We heard Mm. Gerald and Beth, a couple in their uh, 30s, more or less, after a long day of work. Seems like the kids are sleeping, and now Gerald, in an effort to do something nice for his wifey, like washing the dishes. But Beth, on the other hand, prefers... You know, a little bit of one-on-one time to sit next to her and uh, talking about their love languages. How can they learn to speak to each other within their love language? It seems because they, they both wanted to do something nice for each other, but they were clashing at the same time. Well, I think it's obvious that the, the first thing they need to do is Beth needs to go into therapy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. We'll send, so, we'll send I, her your number. Okay. Yeah, so. Uh, <laughs> 
No, 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 no. <laughs> Not to say that that wouldn't be a bad idea, but no. It's clear that what they do is what a lot of couples do, a lot of people do, is they're projecting their own mm-hmm. bias or their own love language onto each other. So Gerald thinks that if I do these acts of service, if I do this, this is going to really speak to Beth, which from a male perspective, I male or female, I'm not sure if I want to do it that way, but I can listen to that and go, that makes sense, but I also know it's wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, And it takes a lot to be able to really understand more and more that I need to give what they need to receive as opposed to I need to give what I want to receive. And that's yes. what they're both doing. They're both doing that. So there's a breakdown right there to begin with. Mm. And so learning to develop that muscle, I, I call it empathy, learning mm-hmm. empathy. And okay. that's, that is a muscle, that is a skill mm-hmm. that you need to work on. And part of that is being a, a student of your spouse uh, and of your children, as we've been talking about. Yep. Yeah. And you know what? When you learn something, you don't know something, you're like, okay, well, that's, that's how you do it. But mm-hmm. once you learn it, then now you're aware. That it's not the way that you express love that is necessarily the way your spouse wants to be loved. So having that self-awareness that we've talked about so much in in previous episodes, self-awareness and stepping back and having that empathy, right? We usually express love in our own language. Doctor, how can we learn to appreciate the little things that our spouse does for us or our significant other that may go unnoticed for the couple's sake and in this case for the sake of the family as well? Yeah, I mean, I think like Bill said, empathy is huge and just being able to step back and put ourselves literally in the other person's shoes, which mm-hmm. means you have to sit down and hold on to your own preconceived ideas, put them aside and just listen to what the other person's saying, which is hard. And also when you do have a need, like in this case, she what she wants is time. So instead of playing this whole game, like, oh, you should know that I want time. Mm-hmm. And the poor guy, he's like, well, I'm supposed <laughs> to, brought, I'm doing all these things because obviously his love language is acts of service and she's, she wants, it's crazy. Just ask for what you want. Yes. Yes. Just just say it. Just say it. And you know what? Take it a step further and plan it. Yeah. (laughs) Make it easier. Like, why do we have to play all these games and make it so hard on ourselves? And so I think a quick question. What do you want? Just find out what you want and say it and be specific. You know, just those three things and you cut through the chase. So in this case, if you know your your love language is time, then just straight up say, right now, I'd like to spend time with you. Sit with me on this couch for an hour. And, you know, say yeah. what, it, you know, what that might be instead of the poor guy trying to play detective. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think? love that. Yeah, yeah. And the, and the poor guy for him to be able to say, OK, I don't get that, you yeah. know, but that's OK that I don't get it. I yeah. understand this. This is something you want and you need. That takes on his part to be able to, to say, OK, it doesn't minister to me or doesn't work yeah. with me that way. You're right, because like if you're not a, like someone that would enjoy just sitting there and you Mm-hmm. Because you're a doer, you know, you have to yeah. do things all the time. Yeah. You know, you'd be like doing this with your fingers and like, oh my goodness, <laughs> yeah. a whole hour of just sitting here is <laughs> killing me. I just could be doing stuff. Yeah. So you have to learn to just hold back and be patient. And... Isn't that part of love though? <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. You're, you're, you're putting your yeah. needs aside to be able to, to do something nice for, for that other person. So, so yes, say what you say what you have in mind. Plan it. And it's a mm. win-win for all. I want to ask Bill this one. As we know, women can be somewhat difficult to read. No. no. No, you said that. You said that, not me. Go ahead. No, I'm speaking for myself. Yes, okay. Uh, Bill, yes. Well, and really all mankind, actually. But go ahead. So, uh, which leads me to my next question: Have you ever had trouble expressing your your love? message to your wife and how did you handle it oh my goodness yes 
yes and yes. Okay. Have I had trouble doing that? Challenges doing that? Oh yeah. There were times when there's been there have been times in which I uh, went out and bought my wife flowers and that wasn't it. You know that didn't express love to her. Mm. And mm-hmm. I would say a big part of my love language is words, words of affirmation. So uh, I would speak words, I write words, and my wife, I'd write her cards, and she would look at the cards and say thank you and put them aside. And I'm thinking that's it, just a thank you. That's it. I mean, I wanted, I wanted a parade. I mean, I wanted her to be real excited. <laughs> but I learned. Okay. I learned yeah. over time that 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 wasn't really what spoke to her. So I've had that frustration and just having to t- talk to her. You know, it really it goes back to what you what you said, Dr. Alicia, that to ask her, what is it, Leslie, that really says I love you to you? Mm-hmm. And and to really believe, okay, it's my words are good. She likes that. But she really, really, really loves acts of service. So when I go and I get the oil changed in the car, that really means a lot to her. Because that, what that represents to her is I'm taking care of the car. I'm taking care of her. Mm-hmm. I'm making sure she's safe. And so I go, okay, I, I get that. But it's taken me a while to really have those conversations with her and understand it and take it in. Thank yeah. you so much for sharing that. Noted. Next time? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the advice. Let's roll out to our, our last sketch, shall we? It's called Nanny Fanny. You must be Nanny Fanny. The agency sent me as fast as they could. I understand you have a bit of a situation. Oh, my, yes. Please, come in. I- I'm Cheryl, by the way. I'm so, so sorry for the noise. I just can't get my children to calm down. I've wanted to do something nice for them for Easter, so I surprised them with presents. They've been playing with them all day, so I asked them to put them away. And that's when they started acting out. I understand completely. I can try to get their attention, maybe? I'd like to call them over to meet you. That won't be necessary, Cheryl. I'll take it from here. Is that dubstep? It's from South London, Cheryl. Just like me. My name's Nanny Fanny. I've got something to say. So bring your eyes up here and put your toys away. Your poor mother here isn't running a prison. She just wants respect and she'd like you to listen. She gave you those gifts because of her love. But you've tossed her aside like a filthy glove. It's polite to say thanks. You've gotten it twisted. Sadistic, ballistic, materialistic. Is that really the way you children behave? I thought you were smart. Don't act like a knave. You really don't mean to treat her like poo. So do for your mother as she does for you. What's happening now, Nanny Fanny? The children want to trade their old toys for better ones from my magic bag. You have a magic bag? Ah, please, Cheryl. I wouldn't be a British nanny without a magic bag. Now you three children can get in line. Hurry, please. We do not have the time. Little Robert, what was your present? Some paper with pictures of dead presidents? Try instead this set of drums. Use it to write a song for Mum. Now, Isabel, what were you given? A unicorn collar for your kitten? Why not try these colored pencils? Draw a picture with your stencils and young Richard. What did you get? A Harry Potter Co. Dean Kit? What 
What about this? Little oven. Bake mama cake. No, no, a muffin. Wow, Nanny Fanny, your song worked. My children are behaving. They're even making me presents. How did you do it? Elementary, my dear Cheryl. I simply reminded your children that the point of presents was to show love and that they were rather lacking in that department as of late. The rest was all them. You have a lovely family. My work here is done. Weren't you going to watch the kids? I have a date. Oh, Yes. Well, on to the next song. Love it. Love it. Love it. Now, can yeah, I get yeah, a, a, yeah, a yeah, fanny yeah. nanny, too, at my house? I love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. I can totally relate to this one. Now, we heard Cheryl, or maybe he meant Vero, me, yeah. <laughs> in her 40s with three children, Robert, Isabel, and Richard. Now, Nanny Fanny was a British nanny who came in to save the day, I guess, with Cheryl, with a magic bag full of gifts. Now, she got the kids to trade in the Easter presents mom got them for gifts that they were each able to use in and in turn, also show mom their love. That was really lovely, I thought. Now, how did this shift help make things better and less chaotic for Cheryl, doctor? Well, we saw it. I think a lot of times with kids, you need to do, as parents, we will do when we get frustrated with them is we keep going in the no section. Stop doing that. You know, we start nagging because we are frustrated and we don't really give them an alternative. So mm-hmm. I think what the nanny did is just really made a fun one, broke it up instead of it just being a nagging thing. She introduced something novel and different with a song. <laughs> and then two just gave him an alternative of what to do yes. instead. And so I think that that's something as parents we can do. So when we want them to respond and behave, we yeah. have to give them instruction. And I think it goes with teaching. So sometimes we make the mistake of thinking that our kids are like little adults and that they have the ability to sequence tasks mm-hmm. and behaviors and to regulate themselves and to know, okay, I, I worked, I played with this toy for an hour, now I need to move on to the next thing and the next thing. They no, don't they have don't. That. They just like, you know, they don't have that sense of time and they don't have that sense of regulation or anything like that. So as parents, we are their timekeepers and also we do have to teach them what yes. to do. And so just saying, stop playing with that, stop doing this, and you guys need uh, you know, and doing in that that song, that negative song. So the nanny had a positive song instead, which was do this, and so she instructed them what to do. And so as parents, I think that's what we need to do, instruct them what to do. And then if we're able to instruct them what to do pivoting in their love language, then that's mm-hmm. gonna be even more effective. For yes. Sure. Now, Bill, if our children respond best to gifts, how can we give them presents without spoiling them to, like, buy their love, in other words? There can be a temptation to do that, mm-hmm. you know, and it, and it can kind of be a quick fix, too, in a sense that we're having trouble connecting with our kids or whatever, and so we... We purchase some things, and I think I, I think of my two kids and uh, my daughter. Her love language is gifts. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so a big part of that is being a. Again, we go back to being a student of your kids, and that line. I think I don't think there's necessarily a formula for that. Okay. It's just understanding where for yourself and your heart, and knowing yourself. Right, am I am I trying to buy their love, or is this something that's going to be an expression? Uh, my love for them is it a healthy gift as well? You know, my my daughter actually she she used to when she got into college she would send us links to things. Say if you're wondering about what to buy me, you know, <laughs> here's an idea. And so she'd send us links, and so sometimes we would buy them. Okay. You know? Yeah. And then there were sometimes we'd say, you know, that's a great idea. You know, uh, you have money. Why don't you purchase that yourself? And she would say, oh, well, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that was a parent gift, not my right, own right. gift. She, she would actually say, um, well, I don't want it that bad for uh, her to pay for it herself. All right. So I said, okay. 
Well, so, but but she wanted to use your money to get her that. Well, she did, and well. so we, you know, there, there's a line there that you go, you know, and I think you got to watch yourself. That's mm-hmm. a big part of that, watching yourself. You know, what is my motivation in giving this gift to my my child? Yeah. Yes, and if it's, if it's something that she really likes, then you know, it does, I don't think that's a bad idea, right? I mean, no. they're giving you they're giving you the actual idea of what they really oh, want sure, instead sure. of giving them something that they're not going to wear or they're not going to keep. So right. something to keep in mind. Yeah. I'm going to ask Bill again now. In your blogs, you write blogs, and you have a very clever way to write for couples where love languages are expressed in order to have better communication and a better relationship. Mm-hmm. What advice can you give moms and dads about being open to changing their old ways, no matter the stage in the relationship? Two things. One one thing is to be self-aware. Uh-huh. Self-aware that this is the way that I experience love. This is my love language, whatever it might be, and it's not everybody's. So my my upbringing, my background, and I can, I can see patterns in my life that go, this speaks to me. And then also sitting and talking to your spouse and asking them direct questions. You know, what is it? I've done that with my wife. We've been married 34 years, and so I've done this time and time again. I don't really do it as much anymore because mm-hmm. we've had those conversations. But what is it that speaks love to you? I get it. The cards didn't really do it. Okay. Not as much as changing the oil, not as much as changing the light bulbs and making sure that the you know that house is in order. Those are acts of, of service. So mm-hmm. but asking those questions and then, okay, here's a big one. Okay, especially for guys. Then whatever she says to believe. Okay. Yes. That's yeah. that's that's huge. Because for years my wife would tell me things and I go, Well, she really doesn't mean that. She really does like I mean, all women love flowers. All women, blah, 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 you know, whatever the stereotype might be. And come to find out, go, no, actually, it's not that she hates flowers, mm-hmm. but she would much, much rather me do other things around the house. Yes. You know, keep the, go clean the garage. I would like, you know, the flowers are nice, but gosh, that doesn't replace the fact that if you cleaned the garage, that would mean so much more to me. And so for years, I would go, ah, eh, she really doesn't mean that. And so I think that that's another piece of suggest that men and women believe what they hear. Mm-hmm. This speaks, ask the question and then believe what you hear. Most definitely. Now, has that been the case for you, doctor? You've always had the same uh, language. Have you expressed it? Tell us more. Yeah, no, absolutely. My my husband, you know, we do these couples workshops and he loves telling stories mm-hmm. of he had this dream before we got married that we would be sitting in the car, you know, and he'd be like sitting all stud like and like I'd like reach over and hold his hand and all that. And then, you know, we got married and uh, yeah, like that didn't happen. And he was like, <laughs> where's like, no, no. where's like the hand holding and all these things? And the I'm dream. like, um, just not like a touchy kind of a person. So I got him a dog. No, I'm just joking. That's terrible. That's terrible. Um, no, but what happened for me, like when he'd go and he'd be like mowing the lawn, you know, or whatever, or making sure taking care of things, that's like when I, mm-hmm. I'm very happy. So, yeah, I think it's just understanding that it took a while, like Bill said. But if you're able to listen to this podcast and pick it up sooner rather than later, you're going to serve yourself some mm-hmm. some heartache. All right. Thank you, Dr. Alicia, for expanding on that. And now that we have Dr. Alicia with us. So what's today's Keeping It Real takeaway, doctor? Good stuff with with learning each other's love language. I think one, being a student of our spouses and our children, what is their love language or, you know, whatever personality, you know, tool that you can have. It's a tool to help you undiscover un- who your, your fa- how your family or your loved one responds to. So being able to be self-aware of who you are, but also understanding that those that you love respond different. Yes. And being able to listen and, and flex according to it, not just be rigid. Like this is my way and the highway and everything operates under this. So just being able to be a student of relationships is 
going to be incredibly beneficial. And I think the second takeaway in that is once you do know what your love language is, you know, and your personality bent and style, be straightforward and ask mm -hmm. your spouse <laughs> that that's what you like so that they're not playing all these mind games. Just know what you want. Ask for what you want. You're going to have a greater chance of getting what you want and avoiding some all these games that you sometimes get into, all this drama. Yes. So, Bite by drama. Be clear. <laughs> say it. Say what you mean. Say what you want to and say. And then the third thing is once you do hear it, like Bill says, believe it. Yes. And yes. follow through. <laughs> Noted. Noted. Well, thank you both for sharing your expertise and expressing love to others. Now, Bill, where can we find your blog and more on the work that you do? It is at godmatters.com. It's a WordPress blog. Yes. <laughs> yes. And of course, also, he, Bill will be writing blogs for Family Bridges, so you will find some yeah. cool ones on love. Check yeah. those out at familybridgesusa.org. So once again, godmatters.com, right? Yep. Godmatters.com. And as well, in the future, at Family Bridges USA. And speaking about Family Bridges USA. Uh, that's it for today's episode of The Struggle is Real, and you can always find more resources on this podcast at FamilyBridgesUSA.org. Also, don't forget or remember to rate our podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. And of course, stay connected via social media with the hashtag The Struggle is Real or hashtag TSIR. On behalf of our family, thank you so much for tuning in. I am Omar Ramos. I'm Dr. Alicia Laos. And I'm Veronica Avila. Till next time. This was The Struggle is Real by Family Bridges. For more ideas on parenting, get your copy of The Struggle is Real by Drs. Paul Meyer and Alicia Laos on FamilyBridgesUSA.com.